Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s, your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. Each week we're going to be bringing you awesome stuff from the 90s. Now, since this is our first episode, we're going to tell you a little bit about how we're going to do things. Each week of the show, we're going to be covering one week from the 90s and the events from that week. We're going to be following the calendar year. So this week, we're doing January 1st to 7th, since this is the first week of January. We are going to choose the year randomly, though. To help us out with that, we're going to be using one of those spinny wheel things from the Game of Life. So next week, we're going to be covering January 8th to 14th, but we don't know what year quite yet. Moving on to this week in the 90s, January 1st, 1990, Mr. Bean debuts as a character on some British show, This is now the third time we've recorded this podcast, and I still haven't written down the name of that show. January 2nd, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 2,800 for the first time ever. Whoa. Compare that to today, where we are sitting at over 17,000. That's quite a difference. What's it mean? Not a clue. Also, on this date, the skipper from Gilligan's Island died, and that was sad. On January 3rd, uh, General Manuel Noriega, the deposed strongman of Panama, surrendered to American forces. Go America. January 4th, two trains collide in Sangi? Sangai? Sangi, probably. Pakistan. Killing between two and three hundred people and injuring an estimated 700 others. Bad news, January 4th. January 5th, Sudanese rebels said today that more than 2,000 people were killed in a central Sudanese town last week. Still terrible news. January 6th, more bad news. The Buffalo Bills lost to the Cleveland Browns. These are not on the same level. However still sad. January 7th, the Leaning Tower of Pisa was closed to the public for being dangerous as fuck. This appears to be the first time anyone realized it was actually leaning too much and that could cause a problem. I could see it causing some problems. The best part about this is that they only closed it because in 1989, another tower fell over in Italy. Now, towers are generally upright. Personally, I think if you're going into the Leaning Tower of Pisa, there's a certain level of danger implied. It's like skydiving you know there's not a 100% chance everything's gonna be okay. (laughs) What? Moving on. Alright, we're gonna cover uh, some of the top music of, uh, of the day. The number one song was Michael Bolton's How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? That's a wonderful question, so we had to watch the music video for this, and it was a ride. From Michael Bolton's hair on his head to Michael Bolton's hair on his chest. Wow. The outfits, the padded shoulders. It's not a not a great song, but you can you can feel the emotions. We watched a number of other Michael Bolton videos after this, and there are some recurring themes. The chest hair, the weird kind of like pointing his head down into the left but looking sultry about it. What was your first connection with Michael Bolton? When was the first time you heard of Michael Bolton? Hercules. Hercules? Hercules. See, first time I knew Michael Bolton as a human being was probably Office Space. I had no idea in Hercules that was Michael Bolton. I was 10. I don't care who recorded the song. I celebrate his entire collection. That's okay, though. Number one is fine. But number two, this is the song we really want to talk about. Because what actually matters here is that Technotronics Pump Up the Jam was in the second spot of this list. And I think that song appeared on every gym class mixtape that... I had ever heard throughout elementary and high school, probably on repeat, the only track on the mixtape. So good. Let's get on to the movies, though. (laughs) Top movies that week, Born on the 4th of July. That had Tom Cruise in it. I like Tom Cruise. No, I don't. I like Tom Cruise. 
I like Top Gun. Oh, I love Top Gun. Okay, I will admit that despite not liking Tom Cruise a whole lot as a person, he makes some pretty good movies. He's a great actor. Yeah. Moving on from that, War of the Roses, Tango and Cash. I'm pretty sure Tango and Cash aired back-to-back with Demolition Man on TBS Superstation at least once a week, every week, throughout the whole decade. It was great. I love Demolition Man. I haven't seen Tango and Cash, admittedly. Oh, so good. Moving on from that, where there was Always, followed by Steel Magnolias with Sally Field. Probably her second best role. Following that, Back to the Future Part 2. After that, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and The Little Mermaid. Now we're going to pause on The Little Mermaid because this is a big deal, this movie. It was the first movie in what was called the Disney Renaissance, which is what our 90s spotlight is going to be on today. The Disney Renaissance was a period in which Disney movies were good again. In the 60s and 70s, after Disney lost Walt Disney and Roy O. Disney, their production quality suffered quite a bit. Their movies just weren't as consistent, weren't as good as what they were pumping out when Disney was around. Uh, This culminated in the 80s when one of their lead animators, Don Bluth, left the company to create his own production company, Don Bluth Productions. Now, during the 80s, he made a lot of great movies, a lot of memorable ones. Look it up if you're interested in it. And throughout the 80s, Disney really realized they had to get their act together. So they really sort of just rebuilt themselves from the ground up. And that started to show in 1989 with the release of The Little Mermaid. And we're going to go through and list off some of the movies from that decade, all of the movies from that decade, that highlighted how good Disney had kind of got. So on The Little Mermaid, uh, this has one of those quintessential Disney songs in Under the Sea that everyone knows, everyone loves, and the single best lyric of all time in Darling It's Better, Down Where It's Wetter, Take It From Me, as sung by a crab or a lobster, whatever, a crustacean. Great stuff. Oh my god, Disney. Good start. And this was only the beginning. Next year we had The Rescuers Down Under. Now this one was one of the less memorable films, but it was still a pretty good one. I don't remember it. I need to get back and watch it. But it had John Candy in it, and John Candy was another great actor from the time. We're probably going to touch on him because the 90s is not complete without John Candy. So after that, they had Beauty and the Beast. That one is a tale as old as time. But I don't know how many stories there were about a mythical creature capturing a young girl and Stockholm Syndrome setting in. That being said, you know who sucked in this movie? Gaston. Gaston was a dick. I think I will go on record saying that Gaston is the biggest asshole in any Disney movie. And you've got some pretty big villains, pretty big black and white, one-sided villains. Gaston is the worst. We've got Hercules coming up on this list. Like, literally Hades. The Lord of the Underworld is a villain, and I'm willing to say that Gaston is at least 100 times worse. Next up is Aladdin, one of my favorite Disney movies, our second favorite Robin Williams role, of course, the favorite being this Mrs. Doubtfire, which is <laughs> which is also Sally Field's best role, I'm pretty sure, having seen none of her other movies. Her best role in the 90s, definitely. Probably. Probably. That CGI lion head opening in the desert was so serious. It was so ominous. 
also on Aladdin, that Sega game was impossible to beat. One of the few Sega games that I owned that I could not conquer as a child. Those video game adaptations in the 90s from Disney movies were some of the hardest things ever. Speaking of impossible to beat Disney games, though, the next year they released The Lion King. Also, in addition to that video game, they released a really awesome movie to tie into that video game. Which was nice of them. We got introduced to a little guy named Simba, voiced by Jonathan Taylor Thomas of Home Improvement fame. Oof. You've seen that movie. You love that movie. Timon and Pumbaa Pumbaa stole the show. Oh, I like Timon how we were saying yeah, it. Yeah, we're same on the same time. wavelength we, because. Oh. Hakuna Matata. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Hakuna Matata. Let's talk about Pocahontas. Pocahontas was, in my mind, the first visually stunning Disney cartoon movie. I think this one really raised the bar. Obviously, I'm talking about The Colors of the Wind. You can paint with all of them, apparently. So uh, what's after that? Next up on the list is Hunchback of Notre Dame. The only thing I have to say about this is the only reason I've seen it a dozen times is because in every French class I've ever taken, they played this movie. It was a way that teachers got a free day. Thanks a lot for that. Not a huge fan of this one. Yeah, this is probably the low point in the Disney renaissance. Uh, there's a lot of good movies. Not everything can be a gem. But you know what it was? Hercules. Oh man. Michael Bolton... He can go the distance. He can. Hercules was such a good movie. Go back and rewatch it. I saw it last year. I think you'd said you watched it. Yeah, no, recently. I watched it about a year ago. I can't believe Michael Bolton did the song for this though. I didn't know it was him until like half an hour ago. I remember watching the music video on the Family Channel. I didn't like. I I knew Elton John did. Can you feel the love tonight? Which, yeah, I had no idea this was Michael Bolton. Probably because I didn't know who Michael Bolton was at the time. Moving on from that though, we've got Mulan. I first saw this movie at a drive-in. This was uh, one of Eddie Murphy, one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies, and another awesome thing about this movie, back to the music, Christina Aguilera did the song for this, Reflection. That's right, we are entering the Aguilera time. She had that sexy short hair. Go back and check it out. It's a great music video, and this is not my favorite Christina Aguilera song. That would have to be Genie in the Bottle. That is her magnum opus. When we get to 1998, I am going to speak about this in detail. But moving on from that, we've got one more movie closing out the decade and closing out the Disney renaissance. Tarzan. Next two words, Phil Collins. That's all that mattered about this movie. It was actually a good movie. Oh my god. We'll try and limit the Phil Collins impressions. I don't think either of us can handle that. That wasn't an impression. That was just bad. Tarzan... Another really solid Disney movie. Not to be confused with George of the Jungle. We did confuse that at one point. George of the Jungle was the live action movie uh, with, uh, what, Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser killed it in that, I think. And these came out in the same year. They're really milking it. About a year apart, I think. That just about does it for the Disney renaissance. Um, after that... Your movies had a bit of a quality dive. The nice part about Disney now is that I'm fairly confident that when we have kids, they're going to have a similar experience with Disney to the one that we had, which is comforting. It is. It's always comforting to know that Disney's there for you. <laughs> Hail corporate. Uh, this last segment is called Advertisers We Wish We Had. Uh, we don't have any advertisers. Yeah, this is our first episode of the podcast. No one's sponsoring this. If you'd like to, we will gladly take your money. Oh, yeah. So this week, uh, we'd like to give a little bit of a shout out to, uh, to Pogs. Oh, Pogs. You remember Pogs, probably. I hope. If you don't remember Pogs, then I don't know what's going on, but Pogs were great. You had Pogs, you had the Slammers, you threw them on each other, 
and they bounced around and stuff. They were my first introduction to gambling. Yeah, we used what, to play these for keeps. What was the goal of pogs? Like just flip as many as you could or yeah, what? Yeah, so you, you set all the pogs upside down on a stack. You took the slammer, you threw it at the pogs, and then any of the pogs that landed face up, you got to keep. That's right, playing for keeps. Now, pogs were great. I think they're still out there. Connor's not so sure. When we were talking about this, uh, we don't know if pogs are still out there. So here's what you gotta do. If you're listening to this, go to Walmart, go to Toys R Us, go to wherever you get stuff from. Your local pog retailer. See if they got pogs. If they got pogs, buy them, tell them we sent you. They'll have no idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. That's all we got. That's all we got on pogs. Yeah, that's all we got on pogs, and I think that's just about it for this episode. Um, If you like this, subscribe to us. If you don't, then uh, just forget you ever came here. Uh, Other than that, we will see you next week. My name's Chris Alphick. My name's Connor Thompson. See ya. Smell you later. Oh, later days. Later days. That's a good ending, too. Yeah. See ya.